Uh, we started the man of sin last week, and I want to at least finish that part of the text today. About 16 or 17 years ago, I say 16 because I was on my way to Flint River that morning. Ben had just accepted the call there, and he had an appointment to finish, and for some reason they wanted me to come that Sunday, so I did. And I had not a voice. I could not speak. Uh, My throat hurt. I could not utter a sound. And we got up that morning and we drove to Flint River. And Linda mentioned, what are you going to do? I said, I'm relying on the Lord. And we went to Flint River. And they had a song leader. And when they finished, I got in the stand And for 59 minutes, God spoke. I couldn't have a voice. Just above a whisper, but through their PA system, it could be understood. And I spent 59 minutes talking about the resurrection of the dead in Christ. And when I stepped out of the stand, I did not have a voice again for about five more days. I say that to make the point that God is able to do and will do all His good pleasure. We're here in this world of sickness and sorrow and death to worship the Lord. All the COVID, all the hatred, all the things of the world around us hating us, God has preserved us a place And He is quite able to bless us. Last week we talked about, and if you remember the text, the Thessalonians were looking for the coming of Christ. They thought as somehow before, and even in our recent times, that it will be today or tomorrow or next week. And this was overthrowing the faith of some because when Christ did not appear, caused their faith to falter. What they'd been taught by men who told them lies, plain honesty, lies, under the influence of Satan, in order to overthrow their faith. We talk, it's no different than today. We talked about Paul telling them not to be shaken because they knew that the day would not come except there come a falling away first. Now he's speaking to Thessalonians. That church exists no more. So we know for a fact that that church fell away. And we can look in history where there has from time to time been churches where they have fallen away where they have died. We've been looking through the history of the church some of the last three days and we've discovered churches around us uh, very close to here. One I didn't even know about, Mount Olive in Columbiana. I've never even heard of that church. It was before my time, but the point being, it does not exist anymore. There's been a falling away. Sometimes God will remove the candlestick because of the sins of His people. Sometimes 
Uh, God's children will marry and move away and take jobs and it leaves a church that was once full dwindling down to nothing. I came here in 1993 and this church had four members. Within a year later, God blessed us with over 20. God is able to do what He pleases. But the point was being, Paul is telling these people, basically, you do not look for the coming of the Lord. We've already covered that. It's going to be like the days of Noah. Men are going to be living their lives, the wicked living wickedly, the righteous striving to live righteously. No man's going to know when it comes, and all of a sudden Christ will appear. That's how the Bible teaches the last day. That's how the Bible teaches the return of the Son of God. That's how the Bible teaches the resurrection of the dead. The moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, Now, he said, don't be troubled by spirit. We talked about the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist. The one who is controlled of Satan. And we talked about the things that follow, many of them which come from Antichrist, false teaching, false preaching. False letters. We talked about the book of Enoch. And I do not believe Enoch wrote that book. I believe it was penned by someone who was moved of something other than the Spirit of God. Because as I told you before, he relays the angels coming into the earth and mating with the sons of men and children being born unto them that is impossible except for the Holy Ghost who caused Mary to conceive. The sons of God were the sons of Abel who lived on a mountain. The sons of men were the sons of Cain. The sons of Abel saw the daughters of the sons of men, Cain, and took they were fair and beautiful and they took them wives. A lot could be said there just making a point of why Enoch is not an inspired book of the Bible. And these things have come and have come and have come. There is one Antichrist who is the head of all, and it is not a man. It is a spirit. That is why John said, try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. And there are many antichrists, even in that day of the first century church. Who are they? Those that deny that Christ is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Christ of God, and that He finished the work His Father gave Him to do and saved everyone the Father gave Him upon the cross of Calvary. Paul makes the point of this, the day of Christ is at hand, but it's not yet. There will have to be a coming, a falling away, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Okay, let's look at the son of perdition for just a second. Of those which thou hast given me, I have lost none, save the son of perdition, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. That's in John 17. Judas was the son of perdition. Who was Judas? We know very little about Judas. We know that Judas was 
a Jewish man. We know that Judas was the only called of those twelve from Judea. The natural man would consider him to be of the elect of God because he was from the nation of Judea. Yet this man was a son of perdition. This man was a son of destruction. What did he do? He betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a servant. Betrayed Him with a kiss. He was delivered up to the hands of wicked men and crucified. And Judas, seeing he was condemned, repented himself. Out of fear, he killed himself. He hung himself. That's not repentance. Judas was not a child of God. Judas was of the seed of Israel, the seed of Judea, but he was a son of perdition. What do we see in that? We see the natural man who is the son of perdition. Look at Judah itself, the nation of Judah, where the temple was and the altar and the worship of God in the law service. He came into his own and his own received him not. They rejected the Christ. By the time the Christ came into the world to do the will of the Father on a day that was to be for their visitation, for their peace, for their good, they had so corrupted the law service it was in destruction. It was in perdition. There was nothing there to give glory to God. Man made himself equal with God and God destroyed them. Another sign of a son or sons or nations or people of perdition. You want to see perdition? Turn on the news on some of these so-called news media outlets. I don't care which one you pick. Turn it on and watch the slobbering fool that sits in our throne in the White House jabber and listen to the son of perdition. He hates God. They want to destroy little children. They hate the nation. They hate the church. Oh, let Islam come along. We'll exalt them. But you cannot mention the name of Jesus Christ. There is another example of a son of perdition. There is another example of the natural man left in his own state. And ability. This goes all the way back to Adam, remember. That man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. At this point in time in history that Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, this is the early stages of the church. The Lord had added 3,000 in one day. The glory of God was manifest. The power of God, the power of His Christ 
That light was shining brightly. Satan had been defeated. He was bound that he could deceive the nations, the Gentiles, no more. Gentiles, God calling from His elect into the church of God in the worship service in the world to hear the true doctrine of Christ and Him crucified. Paul said, the day is not going to come until the man of sin be revealed, son of perdition. When it's made manifest, when the church has been persecuted, when the church has been scattered, when the church is dying in many places, when it seems there's just a remnant preserved by the grace of God and only by the grace of God, for God will not be left without witness. I said, Christ is not going to return until this is done. Until this is done. Remember Revelation 12. The dragon, the Satan, went to make war with the remnant of the seed of the woman who keep the testimony of Christ. He says, The man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth God. Let me give you this too, and I mentioned it last week, but then you bring to your memory. If there's going to be a falling away, it's not a falling away of the natural man because the natural man cannot come to God. It is not given unto him to come to God. Okay? They'll never know God. Only the elect of God, only those that Christ died for. Now, speaking of this, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. I've told you twice, I'm not trying to pick on any one denomination, but every Baptist, especially our forefathers and even some of those who are not Baptists, so to speak, point to the Pope of Rome as being the Antichrist, those that look for a, a man to rise up and sit upon the throne of God, they point to the Pope. We went back through history, going through Revelation, and showed how that's true in a sense, but that's not what Paul is talking about here. Oh yes, he's an Antichrist. He's not alone. There are many Antichrists in the world. The Antichrist is of Satan. It is a spirit of darkness that came forth from the pit of hell. The pit of darkness. From the influence of Satan to oppose Christ and to destroy the children of God and the church of God. Satan was bound, Revelation 20, that he would deceive the nations no more. Hang on to that if God will bless me and I can keep my strength, I will come back to it in a moment. 
He said he sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I'm going to synopsis that very quickly. That's not talking about the temple in Rome. That's not talking about the temple in Judea. That was completely destroyed of the Romans by the hand of God. Now, your body is the temple of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've believed this my whole life. I recently found in reading of Hassel agrees with what I think, or I agree with what he thinks, even found a couple of weeks ago the writings of John Calvin where he agrees with the line of thinking that I have. I did not know of a Calvin. I did not know of a Hassel when I began to believe this when I read it. Let me clarify that. But these two men believed it before I did. Calvin even marvels that the people in his day had left the teaching of the forefathers and knowing what the man of sin is, a natural man destroying perdition, the church, the kingdom, through the influence of Antichrist and Satan. He says that He is God, sitteth in the temple of God, your body, but not your body, the body of the natural man, showing Himself that He is God. I'll give you a quick example. About many, many years ago, the woman on the TV show that gives money to everybody, Oprah Renfrey, was talking about how religious she was. And she made the point that you are your own Christ. That is blasphemous garbage. Okay? But that is what the world and the natural man will teach you and have you to believe. Once again, back to Adam. The day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt be as gods, knowing good and evil. And then again, back to the Tower of Babel. Let us make ourselves a name. Paul said, Remember you not that when I was yet with you I told you these things. And now you know what, now you know what withholdeth that He might be revealed in His time. What withholdeth? Most of the, our forefathers, and we've got a lot more hindsight of history than they do, okay? I'm not condemning them. A lot more... Water has gone under the bridge. We have more to look at than they did at that time. But most of our forefathers believed that the Roman nation held the Pope in check until Rome was done away with, or the emperors, and then the little horn we read of in Daniel, which came forth, being the Pope of Rome, came forth. And I'm just going to synopsize that this way. Only, and, and now you know what withholdeth that He might be revealed in His time. We went through the book of Revelation. Chapter 17, which that which thou sawest was Jewish religion, and He is not, it would be destroyed 
and shall come out of the bottomless ascend, come up out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. What withholdeth? The Spirit of God withholdeth. This is my believing. The Spirit of God, the power of His Christ, withholdeth. He gives us place to walk among those who stand by. We have a kingdom to occupy in this world. God withholdeth until the day that God will have revealed this man of sin, the natural man, the destruction of the flesh, the anti-Christ reigning over the dark parts of the earth and the world. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. I read in our forefathers' writings, and I agree with them, the mystery of iniquity, the spirit of Antichrist. They all go back to the Pope. You begin in 17 of Revelation, you see it's not just the Pope. There are many of God's people who are temporally deceived by Antichrist in this world. There are many, many different flavors of Baptist free will. Man had free will one time. Adam used it to bring sin and death into the world. Your work, you've got to do this to the other. You've got to be baptized. You've got to do this or that. It's all a work. It's all a lie. Salvation is in the blood of the Lamb of God. I love that song Amanda likes to sing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, the Christ of God. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We go back past the Pope and Catholicism. We go back past Judah. We go all the way back to Adam again in the garden. Because that's where the Antichrist first appeared. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Satan desiring to be the Son of God Himself, fighting, rebelling, seeking to destroy, seeking to cause destruction. He knows He cannot take you from God. He is defeated. But He strives and He strives and He strives to cause you misery in each breath of life. And were it not for the grace of God, we'd all be consumed in that misery. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth 
will let to be taken out of the way. The Antichrist. Now watch this. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Who is this? Antichrist. I'm not talking about a man. The man's there. We saw him in Revelation as the false prophet. And there he was called the beast of Rome. That wicked with a capital W, a proper name, be revealed. The spirit of Antichrist, brethren, you can plainly see it in the world. There may be those other children of God who know it and see it. I don't dwell among them. I cannot tell you. But I know that God has blessed you to see it and know it. I know that God has blessed you to be kept from it. And that goes right along with Revelation 13 and 8 and 17 and 8. Those whose names are written in the book of life would not be finally and forever deceived. There's not one story and another story and another story on different times and events. Paul is telling these people about the same thing John is telling us about in the Revelation. This is Satan's attacks on the church and eventually when he is manifest, when that wicked shall be revealed, when he's cast into the lake of fire at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Lord shall consume with the Spirit of His mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming the spoken Word of God. What is the spoken Word of God? It's not the inspired Word, which is the Scripture. It is the living Word, which is Christ, the second person of the Godhead. Christ will reveal Him. The Lord shall consume Him with the Spirit of His mouth, the power of His Christ, when He appears and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming. His express image of His person, the brightness of His glory. Christ appears in the glory of God. The beast and the false prophet cast into the lake of fire. Satan himself cast into the lake of fire in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Paul is telling these people, don't you worry about this. Don't you be led aside Don't you believe these lies and false doctrine? Even Him, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, witchcraft, heresies, 
wonders, signs. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that might be saved. They cannot receive the love of the truth. It is not given to them. They dwell in the dead nature of Adam. They love it. They hate God. There's no chance to change. They do not want to change. But you, brethren, beloved, stand in grace. And God works His way in you. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That's cut and dried, is it not? Well, the Lord wouldn't do that. Why do people read something in Scripture and say the Lord wouldn't do that? I don't care if you say this is ordained in the sin of God. I don't care if you say God suffered this. There's a very fine line between both. That secrecy belongs to God, okay? I don't question that. Correct. The Word, the Bible, tells me that God shall send them strong delusion. Delusion! How does God send them strong delusion? They stay in the nature of Adam. They, they stand at all of the signs and lies of Antichrist and the gods of the world. They cannot see God. What's the purpose? That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Sounds kind of like Romans chapter 1, doesn't it? Sounds kind of like Genesis chapter 6, doesn't it? Sounds kind of like the day in Judea when Christ walked upon the face of the earth, doesn't it? Now I'm going to probably close this because I'm going to get a slap out. But we're bound to give thanks always to God for you. He's talking to Thessalonians. This is primarily him explaining to the Thessalonians don't pay attention to these lies and these heresies. We thank God for you. Why? Because you are the brethren, unity, kinship, beloved, let that sink in, of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you 
as a people, you as an individual to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. The Spirit of God gives you life and sets you aside for His work, for His purpose, for His glory. You're separated from the world. Christ hanged upon the cross between two men. He separated His people from those of the world. You're holy. You're sanctified. You're set aside by the Spirit of God. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. People I love very much so misguided, so love, compassion in their heart, but so misguided, just wanting everybody to believe. In the first place, if we believe not, He abides faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. It won't be a child of God taken from the hand of God, whether we believe in this world or not. But it's not given to them to believe. It's given to you, child of God, to believe. God writes His law upon your inward parts when God gives you life whereunto He called you. This is a separate calling. By our Gospel, sitting under the sound of the Gospel which brings life and immortality to light. Whereas it says in John chapter 1, those that are born of the Spirit and already have life can manifest themselves as the Son of God, whereunto He called you by our Gospel to the attaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, He's talking to the church, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. He's not talking about our traditions from place to place. You study Scripture. Years ago, I mean, you study history, I'm sorry. You know, as long as I've been an old Baptist in this state, in Mississippi, we always shook hands. People say, I ain't been to the old Baptist if we didn't shake hands. That was our tradition. You read history before, just 150 years ago, handshaking was forbidden unless it was a baptism or an ordination. Traditions of men change 
from time to time. Paul is not talking about traditions of men. He's talking about what you've been taught, whether by word, by the preaching of the gospel, or by our epistle, the letters written to the church which compose the New Testament. Then he says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God even our Father which hath loved us. That means present tense up till now. All the way back, all the way to here. Still going on. And hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Thessalonian brethren, he's saying, do not heed these lies and false doctrines. The day of the Lord will come, but it's not here yet. You will see a falling away. You will see trouble. You will see the church scattered. You will hear lies and doctrines. John said, Antichrist shall come and are here. Paul said, wicked men seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Ongoing, ongoing. What's the answer? Continue in the things, 1 Timothy 6, which thou hast been taught. Thessalonian brethren, brethren today, continue in the doctrine and the practice of what Christ established in His time in this world until the day He returns. He will return. We do not know when that will be. We look for Him. We long for Him. We look for the day. Lord Jesus, come quickly.